This week on Mind Matters, Toyin Umuseri is a business coach, consultant, and counselor of a different kind. And she's written a book called Mindset of an Entrepreneur, Strategies, Skills, and Mindset for Achieving Business Growth and Success. That's coming up on Mind Matters. Um, but particularly, I just want people to follow their hearts, really. Yeah. There are lots yeah. of ideas. People have lots of ideas, um, particularly as believers. This, these are gifts from God, right? Yeah. But it takes a lot of um, focus, energy, commitment, prayer, tenacity to give birth to those ideas in the real world. Right. So, but the book is serving as a compass to just make sure people are not going around and around in circle trying to figure this out, right? It's just trying to help them understand, like, if you're going into entrepreneurship, this is how you want to think about it. It's about service. Because many people say, I want to make money. But guess what? The money comes yeah. after you've done several things right? right yeah so so yeah so that's that's why i wrote this book i also teach i teach in business as well and i also train government as well so yeah i'm into different things here and there right because i'm very careful with my words and i'm not looking to create like you reading a book for too long i'm just there to give you the real nuggets like the real meat and then we, the bone is not in the book it's really good stuff Every chapter, every line requires us to think, reflect, and then say, okay, what do I do with this information? It starts with your mind. It's who we are and what we are thinking about the world around us and what ways we can be useful to God and to each other. Many will say to grow a perennial orchard, you need to grow where you're planted. The business saying on where to live, work, and to be part of the community has to do with location, 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 location. Is the ground solid? Is the soil rich with nutrients? Are you on the sunny or shady side of the street? Is the timing right? When will you open and what hours? And why should anyone care about who you are, what you do, where you live or work? and why you are in their neighborhood. What are you focused on? Is it worthy of what you are called to? Is it wasting your schedule, skill set, and your stewardship? These are decisions you need to make. The statistics are staggering. Over two of 10 startups fail within the first year. 50% of businesses fail in the first five years, and 75% of businesses are gone in 10 years. Toyin Umiseri is a business coach, consultant, and counselor of a different kind. I'm Richard Beatty, and I have with me author and counselor Rita Schulte today on Counseling Culture, where your mind matters. We are having a conversation about changing your mind. Before I bring Toyin in on the conversation, I want to begin with Rita. Rita, you meet a need in your community through counseling people and hosting a radio and broadcast where you and I interview all kinds of authors, counselors, pastors, and teachers. Do you think of yourself as an entrepreneur? Well, you know, I never did before. You started bringing all this up. It's like, so we had another interview, I think a few weeks or a month ago, about this topic, different spin, but I started thinking about that. I mean, I certainly didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. I opened a counseling practice with the intention of helping people. And I started writing with that same intention because of my own losses. 
and the losses that I recognized as I sat with clients through the years. And my heart was just to, you know, produce some relevant content that would help people through the losses of life. And then, of course, I encountered a traumatic experience, losing my husband to suicide. And so that was my last book, Surviving Suicide Loss, was a heart of helping survivors make it through that incredibly difficult journey. And so I'm looking at myself more, I think, as an entrepreneur now. So I'm really excited to talk to um, Toyin today. You know, we had a little conversation before uh, you got on, Richard. And and so I'm really excited to to hear what she has to say about this. You know, this show today really did uh, hinge upon your answer and, and, how, and how we minister to you, my friend. <laughs> Toyin, welcome yeah. to the program. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm um, sorry for the loss as well, Rita. Thank you. Um, it's it's never an easy journey, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. thank you. You know, entrepreneurship, uh, Toyin, uh, as, as you know, sometimes comes with recognizing a problem. Sometimes a tragedy in, uh, in life will get you going in um, because, uh, you know, no matter who you work for, uh, mm-hmm. If you work for somebody else, they're not going to identify with that passion of uh, of what you are doing. And with Rita, uh, her her passion is is kind of like not on my watch. I, you know, people need to have purpose. People need to uh, deal with mental illness. A lot of businesses come out of a, a tragedy like this. Um, uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. Um, and I'm actually having chills now because we didn't plan this. I, I don't know how much of my story you're familiar with, but my um, launch pad for my walk actually was tied to the loss of my father. So at that time, I was stationed working for the uh, biggest company in the world at the headquarters of Walmart, really doing what I love to do. And, you know, you get that call and my dad passed. So before then, I hadn't been back to the continent of Africa. So you had asked earlier, I'm originally from Nigeria. So I'm a Nigerian American and I'm a naturalized citizen here. So I had to go back to the continent after over a decade of not being there. And that really was a shock to my system, right? And the beauty of what happened to me was hearing the stories. I wrote a mini biography, his legacy, um, his impact in this community, that made me question my own work in corporate America. I was living the American dream, right? As it is, the big house, the big car, top of the company, like first Fortune One, biggest company in the world. So pretty much successful by all um, standards, US, right? But in my dad's passing, I rediscovered a side of myself that was tied to legacy and impact and um, transformation. And I started that journey of asking myself, towing, is this it? Is this it, right? What impact? Who would care that you showed up, right? Whose life can you make better? Yes, you as, a, as an individual, you're living the American dream, but with the knowledge and capacity that you have, could you serve other people with your knowledge, skills, network? And that, so that, that was actually the launchpad, uh, the restlessness that it brought into my soul to 
add value, greater value, to deny myself a little bit, my own needs a little bit in pursuit and in search of those people that I can serve with my um, expertise. So that's quite interesting for me. Uh, that That's where this all started for me. So I, I see that um, such moments gives us an opportunity to question our own journey and the decisions we're making. And for me, my dad's legacy gave me kind of like a reflection of this is a great man. This is where I came from. And you can do more. You can do better. Kind of. So that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, really. And I think, Richard, you're spot on when you say so many not only books, but ministries are birthed out of a loss of some kind. I mean, we can look at um, uh, Mothers for Drunk Driving. We can look at, uh, who was it, John Walsh, who started America's Most Wanted. All of those were birthed out of tragedies. And that's how I felt. I wanted to redeem this loss in some way. And I think that was a big part of what motivated me. And right, so I'm a licensed counselor. I've I've suffered loss. Uh, I've lost not only my husband, but parents, uh, friends, close friends. I just lost a very dear friend last month. I've been been able to invest in my business and myself. I've I've been marketing and pitching book ideas. I I speak around the country. How do I start to think more like an entrepreneur? And where do I develop the skills needed to be a success? Because I think people oftentimes will say, well, I could never write a book. I mean, I want to do that, but I could never do it. And I mean, I'd never written a book. I just thought if it helps one person, then it's been worth it. I, you know, I think your heart's, your purpose is more important than the financial aspect. I get people need to make a living. All right. That's mm. real. But for me, it was more, this is what I'm passionate about and I want to try it. And mm. I've been blessed uh, to publish four books uh, you know, with publishers. And so that's been very rewarding to me. If I hadn't made a dime, I, it's really been very rewarding. And so I think, I mean, purpose and passion are important in this thing too, mm -hmm. even though we need to develop skills to be a success, right? Mm -hmm. For me, I think for those of us who are believers, there's a trap that we have to be careful into. So entrepreneurship definitely is about service, but there are different ways we can serve the world. You can open a not-for-profit, okay? Where the mindset of an entrepreneur is making sure that we keep the right balance between service and the reward, the financial reward. And not to mistake that because I'm serving and because I'm a believer, right? Because this is the psychological effect of doing this to ourselves is that the ocean of opportunity of reward in the marketplace is vast. But if you go to that ocean with a mindset of limitation or a mindset of, I just want the barest minimum, I'm good, I'm okay, you get what you go there for. So the mindset shift for Christians particularly is to expand their desire for financial reward. Because think of it as your bucket and your capacity. It's the other thing about our relationship with God. God is vast. He's vast. He's limitless. But the capacity to which our expectation of him influences what we get in our relationship with our creator. 
right? In all aspects, whether it's healing, whether it's financial, whatever we desire, according to our desire. So our desire is a factor in business. So hungry entrepreneurs, right, will make more money in business. They might be delivering less service than you and I. They might be delivering less impact than you and I, but what they want is intentionality and the motivation behind their work. They have clarity in their soul. Their soul, their heart, their mind, their being is aligned towards, I'm here to make money. I will serve, but the intention behind my service is to be financially rewarded. That stuff is something believers have to work on psychologically. Because if we go into the marketplace with, I'm okay, a little bit, oh, then we get that as well. Then the market says, oh, you're just here. You know, and one analogy I give is that a fisherman, right, can go to the stream, but two people can go with two different intentions. One can go for leisure. One can say, this is my dinner tonight. The energy, the focus, the attention, right, will be different. They're both doing the same activities. So you find people, we are all in business, but the intention, the clarity, the focus, the precision really determines the outcomes as well. Hmm. I used to have a, um, a CEO that uh, when I was a consultant, a ministry consultant for a, a large organization, and and they they used a little bit of a different analogy on that. They would say, "Hey, hey, Richard, you're gonna you're gonna eat what you hunt." <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You know what yes. I have found that uh, being a consultant, uh, Toyin, uh, it it allows you to speak truth uh, to an organization, design plans to the executive team, and then uh, write reports and make recommendations to people who will never do what you recommend. Uh, so I always like coaching counselor. How do you get companies to change their mindset? Mm, that's quite interesting because I actually served as a strategist at the biggest company in the world. So this, this was something we had to, you know, deal with change management, organizational change management, um, transformation strategy. But you also said something that I, I play in as well, the consultant versus the coach. There's a clear distinction because as a consultant, I can offer you my thoughts, my perspective, my experience. But at the end of the day, I'm not emotionally invested in whether you do what I say or not. It's a transaction. It's a clear transaction. You pay me to bring my expertise, experience, to deliver that perspective, and then for a price, and that's it. That's that's really something clear. But when we go into the coaching, and this is why I love coaching, we are more invested in the outcomes, and our heart is, is so much more invested, right? So when it comes to organization, I've worked with the biggest company in the world, and I also serve on the board of a uh, publicly traded company, is that I love to serve with art-centered leadership, right? Leaders that want to do good. Leaders that mean what they say, and they say what they mean. It's easier for somebody like myself to engage with such leaders, right? Because we can reason, we can think, we share common values, and upon those values, we can engage. But when we go into companies that do not say what they mean and do not mean what they say, that's where the conflict is. They bring you in 
you don't know why they brought you in. They might bring you in just to look good, right? So you write all the reports, <laughs> you give them all the data and they, they, they check that mark, it's been done. The implementation side of your recommendation, it is swept on that. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, right? I see that in counseling. I mean, some people are very invested and want to do a lot of work. They do their work, their homework, they're, they, they're curious, they want to make changes, they're sincere. And then you have other people that you know really just need somebody to talk to, but they're really mm -hmm. not going to do a lot of work. They're not going to mm -hmm. make a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. And so I, I see the same thing. Yes. At the end of the day, it's what results are we going after? And what are the steps required for us to get that results? Right. But like to your point, if you interview everybody in the world, do you want to be successful? We will all say yes. We will all say yes. But where you start seeing the gaps and the, the, the where the world splits really is the differentiation coming to who invests time, energy, resources to get the results and the outcomes, not to dream about it but to actually roll up their sleeves and do the work. So when you see the st entire structure of the world, that's one of the most powerful things that dictates who achieves success and who doesn't, is at the end of the day, who does the work and who commits and who doesn't give up and who means it. And God also is a rewarder. So back to faith. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him right? Not just people who say, I know him. Now what? Faith without works is dead. Show by your works, I will know that you have faith. So those are the things, those of us as Christians, because I see unbeliever practice principles that is working for them. And then we say, oh, we know God. Listen, it says, they will know their God, we will do exploits. Yes, who do good exploits. Honestly assess what our skills are, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. There are skills that are innate and skills that are learned. And yet at any rate, they need to be researched and developed. How are those related to calling, mission, and purpose? I love this. I've been teaching a class at church to the youth. And what I actually covered last Sunday was uh, spiritual gifts and talents. <laughs> so that's so good. I love what you talked about. They need to be developed, right? Is that I believe that the work we are here to do, we have been equipped, that God has equipped us because I don't think he's going to send us here on an assignment with nothing, right? And one of the things I also pointed out was Genesis 1.28, be fruitful multiply. I asked them, where's the seed? If God is asking us to be fruitful, where's the seed? The seed is in us. It's in the us. Seed, we've got to water it. it right? Yes, we've got to water the seed, their ideas, their talents, their dreams, their aspirations, their the vision and the, the picture. What I say vision is the picture of a destination. I believe God gives us like glimpse of who we are in his mind, right? The hand from the beginning. Now our own is what scripture talks about that will be done on head as it is in heaven is that the moment we can grasp a hold of God's will for us, what we are here to do, then we have to take responsibility. That's where the gap is. Are we ready to say yes 
to the hopes and dreams. And then when we say yes, I believe when we say yes, we will start digging within ourselves for those talents, the natural things we do. We will start putting it to use. And once we start putting it to use, that's where the fruits come in. And the more of the fruits we're bearing, Jesus talks about pruning us. That's where multiplication comes in. So we can be fruitful in our business, meaning are you serving one? Are you serving 10? Are you serving, right? How do you multiply your fruitfulness? That's where pruning in business, optimization, right? Expanding our channels is that I believe God is not asking us to stay small. This is where systems and strategies for scaling, whatever it is, scaling the impact that we're already having. That's our next phase of fruitfulness, meaning I'm already touching lives. How do I touch more lives? How do I multiply my current impact? Like, okay, there's so many people out there doing it. I remember when I started, I was working with a guy and he said, you know, you don't need a billion people. You just need a niche. Find your niche. Mm. So a lot of people feel like there's just too much competition. I'll never get noticed, blah, 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 blah. What do you say to those mm. folks? Because, I mean, that's reality. There is a lot of comp. Everybody's got a podcast. Everybody's, you know, trying to write a book. You know, now they can self-publish stuff. So you can still see your dream fulfilled. But what do you say to that? I love that question because for me, it gives me comfort that God also ties a message to a people. So the same message can be delivered because there are people who would listen to me that they will not listen to other people. We may carry the same exact on entrepreneurship, on business, right? When God gives a word, great are the company of those who publish it. Because for us to publish God's word and to reach all people, it's not just the message, it's also who are we called to? My sheep hears my voice and they listen. That clarity that I, as a fingerprint, am unique, my message, my identity, in of itself, in of itself as a combination, it's a combination lock to helping other people achieve greatness and this result. And there's how many people in the world? It's 8 billion plus people. And so it gives me great, great, great comfort to realize that my focus is to the people whose destiny are tied to me saying yes to this. Paul watered, right? Paul sold Apollo's waters. We'll see in heart how the message of the gospel had to be delivered to the Gentiles, to the Jews. It's the same message. Mm -hmm. But God in his wisdom selects specific people to deliver a specific message. So that comfort, I have that comfort because and he, he does it in so, so many beautiful ways is that you will say the same thing in a different way that will help specific people hear it clearly. I've seen mm. that so many times. Like, Tony, how you said that? I've heard it before. But you said it in such a way that I got it helps it. me. I got it. I got it. Exactly. So for those who are still wondering, oh, everybody's doing it. No, but everybody's not you. Everybody's not you. Everybody's not you. There are some results only you can deliver. You are a gift to the world. And our job is to unpack that gift so that the world can enjoy what we carry. I love all that, Toyin, because I feel like 
you know, Richard and I are big on having people find their meaning and purpose. I think when people, especially, you know, as I teach and counsel about grief and loss, a big piece of that is helping people find meaning and purpose again after either a traumatic loss mm-hmm. or a reg, you know, just a loss. I just said I had a, a, a very dear friend that I've had mm-hmm. since I was a teenager pass away mm-hmm. and her husband's left behind. And so even for him, you know, they didn't have children. Mm-hmm. He's trying to sort out, okay, what's my meaning and purpose now? You know, and he, they're older. And so I think that's such an important thing because if we operate with our passion, we're going to feel that meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. No matter what, we're going to we're going right. to have that. And that's such an important part of living and honoring God is to walk in that. And I love what mm-hmm. you said about your dad and thinking about the legacy piece. Uh, I thought a lot about that, you know, when my husband died, he was a dentist, he was beloved in the community, he went, he just lost it for three months and took his life. It was very, very tragic. But he left behind a huge legacy, touched so many people through preaching and ministry he was involved in, we were involved. And so that was something I wanted to carry on in certain ways, which I have tried to do. So I think those things that meaning and purpose piece is just critical for our mental health and well-being. Absolutely. The the book that Rita was talking about was uh, Platform, Get Noticed in a Noisy World by Michael Hyatt. And, Hyatt, uh, yep. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, and uh, that's, But we are also talking about another great book here, Mindset of an Entrepreneur by Toyin Umisari. And so strategies, skills, and mindset for achieving business growth and success. And it, it goes a lot deeper than that. We're going to pause here, and then we're going to go, going on to a second show about that, and, and we'll have uh, Toy in on, on that show. 